America needs a tidal wave of the old-time religion. I have sinned against you. How dare you! We have no need to doubt God. The heart of Babylon is preparing the nations to receive the Antichrist. I didn't even build that house with money from the church. I built it with money from my book. I don't make this stuff up. Repenting of your sin. It is a moral issue. They got together and swore a pact to the devil. I just enjoy seeing people worship, praising God. Hey, everybody. And welcome to... Belief It or Not. Or Not. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? We didn't do the whole sometimes we believe it, sometimes we don't thing. Today. Yeah, the show where we believe, some believe it and sometimes maybe we don't believe maybe it. Maybe we don't sometimes. There. Okay, it's out of the way. Out of the way. Quit talking about it. <laughs> How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah. What's new in your life? Uh, You know, just uh, living the quarantine dream. Well, yeah. I mean, not really anymore. Yeah. You know, things are kind of getting back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing job interviews. That's been yeah, my yeah. I've That's been, been fun. Been seeing. You've been talking about that. Hearing yeah. a bit about that on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how's that going for you? Good. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, some promising stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll let you know next week if I got it or not. But and if uh, Trevor doesn't get it, then uh, you expect to see more episodes of this show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know I'm on EI now, so mm. living that retired life. Right, we're gonna get some angry letters about that, probably. Mm. That yeah. I'm like living off the government. Yeah, that you're abusing the system. Yeah, and people who actually need it aren't getting yeah. money or something. Well, maybe I need it for to buy snacks. <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know if that's what EI was essential like originally made for, is so people could buy snacks. I think so. I mean, I guess if if you're if you're counting snacks as basic living requirements, sure. Yeah. But I don't know if snacks is necessarily the best way to describe it. If you say food yeah. to survive. Oh, I only eat or snacks. Or sustenance. Yeah. Oh, you're a snacker. Yeah. Mm. So I don't eat food. I eat snacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, do you like uh, Macklemore? Macklemore? Yeah. Like, Ra- the rapper? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's fine. You know that... Uh, I guess some would say problematic, but also like in the right direction song, Same Love. I know I know it. I don't know it well. It's like, yeah, it's like a gay anthem, uh-huh. but he says in it like three times that, but by the way, I'm not gay. <laughs> like he's got it. Does he say that three he, times? Well, yeah, he mentions three times, at least three times in the song that he's not gay, Okay, but he's supportive. Right. And so Lonely Island did that like parody song mm-hmm. where it was like, just like a gay anthem, but he just kept saying, I'm not gay. <laughs> yeah. Like football. I like uh, sports. Me, me, me and Macklemore, I liked Thrift Shop when it came out, and mm-hmm. then it got played too much. Yeah. And then I didn't care. Yeah. But like Same Love, you know, it's not a terrible song. I enjoy The Hook. The Hook is by uh, somebody named Mary Lambert, also from Seattle. And it's basically like, you know, at the end where it's like, or maybe you don't, but it's like, I'm not crying on Sunday. <laughs> like not crying on sunday i don't i i don't remember the last time i heard this song okay so mary should, lambert should we listen to the song before we continue no is i that, think okay, okay. i think we're fine all right <laughs> the the episode the whole episode isn't going to be about this song can you imagine if it was though i mean yeah hmm. i think but, then we would be a different podcast though yeah <laughs> so, anyway but mary, she talks mary, mary lambert. lambert yeah she talks about on her website the story behind the song uh that she wrote with macklemore and the The whole thing about not crying on Sundays is that she used to attend this church mm-hmm. in Seattle. Her friend invited her, and she really got into it because everybody seemed really nice. The everybody was cool, and the pastors all were like hip 
cool people and like funny and and then she started to feel really bad for her gay friends because they kept preaching that her gay friends are going to hell and are sinning and stuff Mm. and and then she realized that she was attracted to women and and then she so she would every sunday come home from church and just start crying because she thought she was like this terrible person because this church um was telling her that she was a sinner and going to hell because of who she was and who she loved. Yeah. Uh, so this church she was going to was a church called Mars Hill. And the pastor was a guy named Mark Driscoll. Uh, have you heard of Mark Driscoll before? I've heard of Driscoll's. They make uh, strawberries. Oh, that sounds nice. I think that's the name of the farms. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I could go for some strawberries. Mark Driscoll was this cool or i guess is this cool hipster pastor still is still is is he one of these uh one of those big celebrity ones or no yeah 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 we might have talked about we talked about him on the emergent church episode um this isn't bieber's one right no No, this this isn't bieber's this is um, same idea same idea so this was in seattle where he had the mars hills mars hill church mars hill but yeah so so mark driscoll Mm-hmm. I'll talk a little bit about his life, his ministry and stuff, and then let's probably talk a little bit about why he's a little bit of a piece of shit. All right, fair enough. A uh, douche canoe, if you will. Let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Who Who is Mark Driscoll? Mark Driscoll is the oldest of five children. Mm-hmm. He was the son of a drywaller, apparently. He grew up Roman Catholic, but when he was uh, 19, he met this woman named Grace, fell in love with her. Grace was a pastor's daughter, Baptist church, so he converted to being a Baptist, got got born again. Would would you would you ever convert for someone you loved? Nope. I, it's it's I, a running theme on this show, like a lot of pastors converted for their wives. It's very strange. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you already believe it's a little bit of a lateral move. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it's like yeah, I get you're converting to a different place, but then you can't be like, well, your your ways are wrong because you're believing that. It's like, well, you just changed because you married someone. Yeah, because exactly. Because someone was going to let you fuck them, and that's why you switched. Yeah, so he went to Bible college, did that whole thing. They, they got married, obviously. Uh, in 1996, uh, he started uh, home church. He started church in his home, so people would come over and hear him speak. Right. And then... Eventually, that became, by 97, they opened a building, and they started Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, so they the setup was, and they didn't want it to be just one person's vision. They didn't want it to be just one person dictating, you know, how the church was ran. So they chose 24 people, and they were called elders. He was one of them. And basically, all decisions had to be made through these 24 people, so they would just have these meetings. And he wasn't the sole pastor. He was one of the pastors. And then they had other pastors that would... So they took turns preaching. And it was all supposed to be like a community. And his whole thing was accountability. And assuring his congregation that like, you know, we're all in this together. We're all accountable. I'm going to take a shot in the dark here. This whole accountability thing gets thrown out the window, doesn't it? Very, very quickly. (laughs) Well, I think it did a good 10-year run. So Uh, Okay. You know what? 10 years, that's that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, as they were getting like more and more successful as a church, um, people would ask them a lot like how to start their own church. So he started something called Acts 29 because the book of Acts in the Bible is 
a book about things that the apostles did, uh-huh. do, whatever. It had 28 chapters, so they said Acts 29 is like their new chapter oh, it's of like spreading. a little inside joke. Yeah, a little like, right. <laughs> get it? And, uh, it's so, like having fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we started this like church planning thing with like the, the thought of, but in, uh, I don't know what the timeline was, but with the plan of uh, starting a thousand churches. A thousand churches? A thousand churches, yeah. That's a lot of churches. That's a lot of churches. You're really like just you're you're really just giving a thousand churches the resources. So it's not like you're starting them, but you're no, just helping no, no, no. a thousand yes. churches get started. Yeah. So and then it became Acts twenty nine is also just like a collection of churches too that they, that were started, and they're all kind of in this same narrow minded Calvinist homophobic sexist mindset. Right. Maybe not as hardcore as him. Uh huh. But he he's all about you know women are helpers. Mm. The the man's in charge of the household. Women are helpers. He's referred to them as the weaker vessel, and many different sexist things. Okay, so um, it's it's always interesting when when uh, a whole tenet of what you believe is that uh, there should be like this equal opportunity commune kind of yeah. ideal and accountability. But only for the men. Yeah, those twenty-four people were men. So yeah, it was they had a big reorganization of the church in two thousand six. So yeah, they got a good ten-year run, and that's when he kind of took over as the pastor. He the wasn't, main guy. Yeah, he wasn't one of the pastors. Uh, he was like the guy, and it's not coincidental that this is around the time he started just to become a celebrity pastor. Right. And so, so his YouTube videos are getting a lot of views. He was doing it for the likes. Yeah, he was doing it for the likes. He's He was a very passionate preacher. Like, he's actually in our intro. He's the one who's like, how dare you? And <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, And that was in a sermon, I think, about, like, men who only come to church because there's girls there that they like and not. And which is ironic that because he he switched over to that uh, yeah. religion based on the girl who he liked. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think this uh, this this is going to be filled with hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. that's just that's very, just the way these people work. Yeah, very much filled with hypocrisy. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. In two thousand nine, he was on ABC Nightline. It was a debate uh, on whether hell was real. Right. So it was like, well, a- ABC is a little more. Like right wing Christian re- leaning, is it? I think it so. Not? No, well, it's owned by like Disney and stuff. Yeah, but, like, it's, so it, it's, it's. I think it's. I think it's a little more in that vein. Yeah, not not explicitly so. Yeah, but I think there like is a aiming bit more. towards. Yeah, yeah. At least that, down the middle, I don't think it has like wholesome. a. Yeah, exactly. But they had a debate. It was him, um, and a former sex worker on one side. She was the founder of Hookers for Jesus, which was a organization for former <laughs> sex workers who are now Christian people. Um, but they yeah. argued that uh, he was on the side of hell is real. And then he was arguing against Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. and uh, another pastor who didn't believe that hell was real. So Another pastor? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of pastors, a lot of churches and stuff that think that hell is more of like a construct. Or like, yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah. So, and that helped his star rise too, being right. on ABC and Talking getting more followers there. Hell being real. Yeah. And he's also writing books about sex and mm-hmm. struggling with like sexual addiction and things like that because, you know, Christian men shouldn't look at pornography, things like that. So he did all the. Did, uh, did you watch this debate? 
Uh, you did. I have. Was, was it? Ago. Was it? A, was it a, an interesting debate? Because I, I used to watch a lot of the, uh, like the Hitchens and. Um, uh, like Stephen Fry did a bunch of those too. Those those kind of debates, similar veins, yeah. a little more. I think a little more. Uh, I don't want to say intellectual, but a little more of that. Like we're doing a tour with students and professors, yeah. not like on ABC night. <laughs> yeah, I watched it years ago, and I did find it interesting at the time, and right. I was definitely on the other side. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of view it as like just two people arguing or. Two sides arguing over pretenses because like oh, no, both, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I <laughs> yeah. totally agree. But I'm just yeah. curious to see. Like, I'm always, I'm always kind of fascinated about how people come to these realizations and the rationalization yeah. that they have in order to like have these beliefs. Yeah, because it's always so tenuous. It's always just. I believe it because this book told me. Yeah, it's exactly. It's, what it's it the is. same thing yeah. over and over again. And it's just like, well, if you if you keep going back to that it's not reinforcing anything yeah your your argument doesn't get stronger it, no it stays the same which is to me non-existent yeah well i like i remember her point being like it was that she's met so many evil people and stuff through her through her life that mm. it has to exist it, her she was like i basically have seen hell because she's been in horrible situations so her argument is that like I've seen hell, therefore it exists. But it's like, no, you've seen bad things. Yeah, you've seen bad people. And you want there, there to be a punishment, but that doesn't... Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, you've seen statistics. Yeah, exactly. 2012, he resigned as the leader of Acts 29. A guy named Matt Chandler took over, uh, but he was still on the board. He just needed to step away. He writes this book. It's called A Call to Resurgence. And he starts going on this book tour in 2013... He's on a radio show hosted by somebody named Janet Mefford. He just thinks it's like a regular interview. But then she starts asking him about different parts of the book and then referring to other books where he copied and pasted from. Really? Yeah. So so this is like an investigative piece about his plagiarism. Yep. And like he stole like full concepts from people and passed it off as his own. Wow. And yeah. And just like got called out on that. Okay, yeah. we got we got to post the link to this one. Yeah. And I'm reading his material, and this is his intellectual property, and you don't give him any credit for it. I I take his big idea, and then I talk about the ways that it works itself out and the cultural issues that I'm addressing. And what I would say is, you're being accusatory and unkind. And I would say, ask Dr. Jones if what he thinks. I mean, I. I, I love Peter. I respect Peter. Like I said, Peter's a friend of mine, and, and I've been very public about how much I have learned from him. But I, I thought, um, man, I thought we'd have a better interview than this. It seems like you're having sort of a grumpy day. So that, you know, that causes a hellstorm. Uh, his publishing, Tyndale's. Tyndale took it down immediately. His book tour turned into uh, a backing back in slowly away to her <laughs> like trying to justify <laughs> what happened and like um there was also a controversy around the same time where or no it was in 2014 well he writes books fast but he wrote a book called real marriage well it's easy to write them fast if you're just exactly. copying and pasting <laughs> yeah. from other people's work exactly so and even even that um i was reading one article i was talking about how even the stuff he doesn't 
copy and paste. He just pays other writers to write and then doesn't give them credit. It's like, they're all ghostwritten. It's okay. just like yeah. his concept and stuff. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But he has a book called Real Marriage, which is, you know, the sexist propaganda book about, you know, real marriage is when you submit to your husband. Maybe and, maybe we just do, uh, do away with marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I agree. Or if you do want to get married, um, just like do it how you want to do sure. it. Sure. I mean, yeah, you like, want to get married, who gives a fuck? Yeah. But this whole idea like this is some be all end all yeah. and, you know. And it's some sacred institution. I mean, it, yeah. it is tied into a lot of legal issues. Yeah. Which is its own can of beans. Yeah. But as far as, as like this, oh, well, you need to get married to do this. Yeah. And you need to have a wife and all this. No, you don't, you don't need any of that. No, you don't. It's unnecessary. Yeah. But uh, so the, he writes this book and, and then uh, gets on the New York Times bestseller list because he bought all the copies. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Which is something I think Don Jr. did that with his book last year. <laughs> And stuff, yeah, they get on these bestseller lists because they hire a company to go Just and buy, buy them. them all. Right. And so, which is insane. And then there was, uh, you know, they called for, the church was calling for financial accountability. Like, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? Why are you being dishonest? And then around the same time, it just starts coming out that uh, just abuses of power. It's funny that uh, the church is calling him out for accountability. Yeah. Because he was trying to start a hardline accountability exactly. yeah. church. And then I guess the, the fame, the, the fame, power the got fame to him. The fame and power got to his head. And he, I, it just became obvious that he was, he was an angry man. He was a proud person. He like wanted it his way. He wanted people to treat him like a king. <laughs> like he, he was really, it was almost like a cult leader situation. Uh, there was one story I was reading about a guy who came to the church and really felt welcomed and really felt like, you know, this was a place he wanted to be. And he w- was in an accountability group and started confessing some, like, sin in his life. I don't know what it was. The article didn't go into it. Um, but, you know, he thought everything was fine. And then a couple years later, started disagreeing with um, Mark on, they were doing a planning a church thing he was helping out and he had some safety concerns about the event so he didn't want people to get hurt so he was like just trying to make sure there was more safety stuff yeah and because he was living in a a house that was owned by the church they kicked him out of the house and well first they told him to break up with his girlfriend because he wasn't ready to be in a relationship if he was being this like immature or something like that, like what? disagreeing with like the pastor. And then they kicked him out of the house, brought up his sin that he had confessed to like years ago, called his girlfriend's father and said to watch out because he's a dangerous person. Wow. Yeah. And this is just like one example of like the horror stories that would come out about just his authoritarian kind of cult-like right. leadership of of the church. See, I, 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 I would do so badly in these kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I grew up very like, not like, not like aggressively so, but I was always just like, if someone told me to do something, the last thing I'm going to do is, is do it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. And if they're going to say like, you should break up with your girlfriend, my first response is, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. That's it's like, oh, you're going to yeah. do this? Fuck 
fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's crazy that so many people are like, will actually listen to this yeah. kind of stuff. Well, it's like this one church I went to in Alberta. Like, they they worship the pastor, and like they would just do anything to like please mm-hmm. him or like. <sighs> And he would literally like set people up and be like, I, I, God's telling me that you two should get married or whatever. And then that's so those two people would get married. It was weird. That's yeah. very weird. I, I mean, I get it. It's, it's that kind of local celebrity. Yeah. You know, it's that, that kind of self importance where it's like, oh, this is fun and yeah. people like me and enjoy me. And you're just seeking that attention, which I think, I think can be fine if you're aware of that's what it is. Yeah. And if you're not in like, a weird authority position yeah that you know a pastor might be yeah exactly because that's that's a bit much and yeah so then so they started a bunch of people from the church former members of the church and some current current members started talking online and started creating like these like safe places to talk about things he had done and it was like like yeah it started just because coming out in the media about how abusive this guy was in his church. Right. Um, Steph Drury uh, from Stuff Christian Culture Likes was really vocal mm-hmm. about, I'm mean, trying to get her in on it for an interview, actually. Um, she was very vocal about trying to get him out of that church and uh-huh. trying to like expose him for kind of the monster that he was. Pe- and People just fucking leave the church yeah exactly why 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 would you stay there yeah like so many people there are so many other churches so many other places that you can go yeah why try and salvage this fucking dumpster fire yeah exactly i i mean i i I know why i know that people they get in these communities yeah there's there's a sense of ownership and there's a sense of belonging and community that's all associated with it that's hard to kind of break from and replicate but at the same time it's just like dude cut your fucking losses get out of there and like, just get away from it. Yeah. All you're doing is hurting yourself and you're enabling this jackass to keep doing what he's doing. Yep. 100%. 100%. But, uh, the pastors, the other pastors of the church got together with the other elders and they wrote a letter basically saying that he needs to step down for a period mm-hmm. of time. There'll be a full investigation. So they kind of suspended him with pay, did an investigation huh. Was uh, he a police officer? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they let the church know what was happening, that mm-hmm. there was an internal investigation. As they did the investigation, they just uncovered more and more instances of him just bullying people. One of the stories I read, too, was this woman, her husband was friends with Mark, and what they were struggling in with their marriage. And so he was kind of sharing with Mark some of the struggles they had. And Mark brings them in for a meeting. He does this a few times. But one time, he tells her that she has a demon attached to her. I'm just going to find it. Like, something like about sexually... Obedient or yeah. something like that. Or and oh, it's just... Not pleasing her husband sexually enough or something. Yeah. Something like that. Something... Yeah, here it is. <sighs> Mark started the meeting by telling us that he was convinced that I had demons. And then he went on to add that my demons were sexual demons. Started asking things like, which one of your husband's friends do you fantasize about sexually? What? Yeah. And accused, like, just basically everything that was wrong in their relationship was because he said that she was having, like, sexual, evil sexual thoughts and she was being attacked by evil sexual demons. Okay, first of all, why does it have to be demons? Yeah. 
Secondly, just because you have a sexual thought doesn't make it evil. Yeah. Why Why does it have to be evil? Exactly. And yeah, she was told this uh, a number of times and other people have been told that like he would just, everything was about demons. Like right. every wrong thing in your life was about demons. I even saw like one interview where he was talking about after he left the church Spoilers, he's going to leave the church. Um, after he left the church, he uh, didn't want the demon of bitterness to take over and create and attach to his children and create bitter children. Uh, so he just taught about forgiveness because that's the only way to fight these demons of bitterness. Right. Yeah. So. Right. See, people don't give a shit about your kids. It's yeah. you they don't like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, eventually they they realize that no, this guy's a bully. Max twenty nine asked him to step down, and Mars Hill eventually asked him to step down as well. So he left the church unceremoniously. There was no like final goodbye service or anything. He was just gone. Good. And they were, uh, yeah, and they went on without him. What what did he do after that? Oh, oh, we'll get to it. But before that, <laughs> let's talk about some just shitty quotes he's he's made. So you remember Pastor Ted Haggard? Yeah. Okay. So he he gets caught doing meth and hanging out with a gay prostitute. He says about this. This is what Mark Jiskell said in a blog post: A wife who lets herself go and is not sexually available to her husband in the ways the Song of Songs is so frank about, is not responsible for her husband's sin, and she may not be helping him either. Wait a minute. Is he blaming the wife for him smoking meth and hanging out with a gay yep. prostitute? For not being, okay. not you know, putting makeup on, I guess? I mean, he could have not smoked meth and went to a not gay prostitute. Yeah, that's could true. could have argued that. Yeah. But, but these are very, these are, are, are much much more than just not being happy with your sexual life in your yeah, marriage. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh so in the early 2000s the church had a website and they had like message boards. So they had a message board on there and he didn't like that there was so many kind of liberal Christians talking on there and so he went under a fake name, uh William Wallace II and he started arguing with people and uh So he was trolling. He was trolling. Uh, he came up with some great new phrases. Oh, yeah. The reason he went with William Wallace II was because he thought people should be more manly, like the guy in Braveheart. Oh. You know. Noted anti-Semite Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he used the term male lesbian, which uh, he defined as any man uh, that thinks and acts like a woman because he thinks that makes him a better man. Wait. <laughs> a male lesbian. Yeah. Okay. A female is a woman who thinks and acts like a man because she believes it makes her equal to men. All right. Rock free, any man who attends a church with a woman pastor. Rock free? So like... Oh, because it the church is the rock that the thing was built on yeah. or whatever? And if, you don't, if, if you're going to church with a woman preacher, you're not really going to a church. Right. Yep. The message is the same. But it's the delivery it's, method that they don't yeah, like. Yeah, the delivery method needs to have a penis. Well, I mean, you get better reception. That's true. <laughs> uh, mixed nuts, any man who claims Christ but actively, but is actively involved in homosexual acts. 
mixed nuts. Yep. <laughs> and uh, homoerotic huddle. Any men's group where the men cry incordially and hug each other with deep affection. So, like, any men's group where, like, they're, you know, they have emotions. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> I can't really think of many... Like, are there just groups where, where people just... In churches, they would yeah. have, like... Okay. Like, Bible Fair studies enough. and stuff. And no, if, I, I, yeah. I'm 100% sure there are. Yeah. I, I was just trying to think of, like, some examples where... Yeah. Where that would be something that's at the very least notable to put in your diatribe against yeah. people. So, he was probably in a Bible study, and they were being too affectionate, and he's like, mm-hmm. gay. Like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, so literally. This, he's yeah. 13 years old on the internet, yeah, basically. basically. Yeah. He also said uh, he referred to women as penis homes. Okay. Uh, he said, knowing uh, that his penis would need a home, God created a woman to be your wife, and uh, and you marry her and look down, and you will notice your wife is shaped differently than you, and it makes a very nice home. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so you got to park your ding-dong in the lady garage. Yeah. And that's marriage. <laughs> that's apparently. marriage. Yep. Uh, what a piece of shit. Uh, he said that uh, yoga's evil. Yeah, I could get behind that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. Um, a lot of these quotes I'm getting from uh, a, bl- a blog post by Lindy West. Mm-hmm. She's a great, great author and creator of uh, that show, Shrill. And yeah. mm-hmm. As I've explained in this post, yoga is a religious philosophy that is in direct opposition to Christianity. Thus, in its true form, yoga can... Uh, cannot be simply received by any Christian in good cautious, uh, uh, sick, <laughs> in good cautious. Yeah. Uh, to do so, uh, so would be to reject the truth of the scripture and thus Jesus himself. Right. Doing some uh, deep stretches and balanced poses. Yeah. Is going to send you to hell. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're doing like a more spiritual meditative form of yoga, sure. Yeah. Most places you're not going to be doing that. Yeah, it's true. You, you go to the yoga studio down the block, it's some white lady teaching you how to stretch. Yeah. <laughs> he referred to women as gardens. A husband should be firm and responsible head of his household, the leader of a little flock called home and family. He should think of his wife as a garden and himself as the gardener. If you look at your garden and you don't like how it looks, just remember, you are the gardener. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, do you want to know what he thinks about masturbation? Uh, probably that it's a cool, fun time, and it's best done with uh, with prostitutes and meth. Uh, no, no it's uh, that is gay. Oh, masturbation can be a form of homosexuality because it's a sexual act that does not involve a woman. If a man were <laughs> to masturbate while engaged in other forms of sexual intimacy with his wife, then he would not be doing a homosexual in a homosexual way. However, any man who does so without his wife in the room is bordering on homosexual activity, uh, particularly if he is watching himself in a mirror and being turned on by his own male body. I mean, I guess you are playing with a penis. Mm-hmm. And by his definition, I, I guess that would be homosexual. Mm-hmm. I but guess. I also don't think it's wrong to do homosexual things. So, <laughs> I, so, so go I'm, for it. <laughs> I'm not saying any of this is wrong. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, okay, I, yeah. I suppose. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if that's if that's kind of how you want to look at it, I, I I guess. Yeah. He also says he sees things. Right. What do you mean? He's, like, like what? From God gives him things just that shows him things. Yeah. Do he, you think I'm I'm gonna trust the guy who God shows him things? Yeah. <laughs> he said uh 
on occasion, I see things. I see things. Uh, like I was meeting with one person, and they, they didn't know this, but they were abused when they were a child. And I said, when you were a child, you were abused. This person did this to you, physically touched you this way. He said, how do you know? I said, I don't know. It's like I got a TV right here, and I'm seeing it. I said, no, that never happened. I said, well, go ask them. Go ask them if they actually did what I think they did, and I see that they did. And they went and asked this person, when I was a little kid, did you do this? And the person said, yeah, but you were only like a year or two old. How do you remember that? They said, oh, Pastor Mark told me. Okay. I'm not a guru. I'm not a freak. I don't talk about this. If I did talk about it, everybody would want to meet with me, and I'd end up like one of those guys on TV. So, okay, first of all, this whole thing could just be made up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is made up, but you, you know what you know yeah. what I mean. This whole anecdote yeah. that he's trying to use as evidence. It, I mean, this thing could have could have happened where yeah. this it, 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 this whole interaction occurred, but it was just a fucking he just guessed. Yeah, and it happened to get it right. You yeah. don't know he could have done it like hundreds of times to hundreds of people, and everyone's yeah. like, "What the fuck are you talking?" Well, about? Well, yeah, it's like that woman who he said that she's fantasizing about mm-hmm. her husband's friends mm-hmm. and like she was like fuck you no i'm not and left yeah but like this is this is one of the hits maybe if it happened yeah. and he told other stories like that and i'm sure there's a thousand stories of like yes, people indeed. who who he he was like this happened to you and if you're in an emotional state and a pastor is saying something you're just gonna you're just gonna be like oh maybe maybe he's yeah. telling the truth okay, or like a, yeah a broke clock a broken clock is right twice yep. a day yep so, I think I've told the story before, but it reminded me of when I I was kind of at the end of my rope with believing, and I went to this church that I had been going to, and I hadn't been in a few weeks, and they this woman started like saying that she's really feeling like God is telling her that there's somebody in the back who's really doubting God right now, and it started to like really speak to me and hit me, and I was like, huh. oh, maybe... Maybe there's something here, and she—it seems so specific. And then she, she started using like female pronouns, and I look over, and there's a girl standing there who knows this person who's talking, uh. <laughs> and she's specifically talking about her. And it was obvious, like we both kind of came in. I think I just came in at the end of the service to meet my friends for because me and my friends were going to go for lunch. Yeah, you're going to go to Pizza Hut. Yeah. And and she she did the same thing. So this became an opportunity to like win her back with prophecy. But it was just like no, you saw her at the back. I'm going to publicly shame there. her. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of those like key moments of like, oh yeah, this is all bullshit. God, man, I I that's such manipulation. Yeah. I, and it happens so frequently. Yeah. Uh, it, by fa- like families do it to each other constantly. Oh yeah. And it's it. I mean. Families are going to do it, religion or not. The, the, these are these are just things that families do. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing, but it's kind of the reality of of life. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, you're going to have a bit of that manipulation. Yeah. With, within people you know. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I just I would be so pissed off if my family did yeah. anything like that yeah. to me. Oh. I I would. I they wouldn't hear the end of it. They yeah. probably wouldn't. They probably wouldn't see me for yeah a, a for a while. Time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so then he went off into the night and was never heard from again. Hmm. Just kidding. Uh, 
<laughs> Mark. So in 2015, he was scheduled to speak at this Hillsong conference. So Hillsong is mm-hmm. the church we've talked about yep. before. They have worship music. He was scheduled to speak. People said they were going to boycott if he was still yeah. you know, speaking there. And there was protests and stuff. So they eventually said, okay, he's off. Mm-hmm. Not not going to do it. But then Brian Houston, the guy who started Hillsong, did an interview, like a really long interview with Mark Driscoll and his wife, which kind of vindicated him for a lot of people. Like a lot of my friends on Facebook were posting this video saying, wow, Mark really turned himself around and really became a good person. Because he did an interview? Because he did an interview where he cried and, and acknowledged that he was a bully. and I thought crying was gay. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> and he was crying with another guy there. So so does that mean he's gay? I Is that what so. that's saying? Based on his, yeah. his definitions of things, yeah, that's, that's kind of what that's saying to mm-hmm. me. Not very masculine. No, not at all. What is it? What is he? Uh, uh, male lesbian? That's yeah, what it sounds that's, like. that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like to me. But uh, yeah, so friends were posting this though on on social media, saying, "Oh, he's really turned himself around." And I was like, "This is literally what every disgraced pastor does yeah. to get back." They go on TV, they cry, they say yeah. how they've changed, and then they go right back to doing the same shit they've been doing their whole fucking lives. Yeah, a hundred percent. If they do, yeah, they'll, maybe they'll change how they get away with it no no no. they just change cities and then yeah. they, they do it somewhere else he opened it started a church in phoenix arizona and it's huge it's doing really well he started this church mm-hmm. he didn't start it with like 24 other people so now he has complete control over everything yep. and no one to hold him accountable yeah it's <sighs> and so yeah there's um there's other things like uh, allegations of racketeering allegations of like stealing money from the church, stealing money from um, like charity organizations that he helped start, like like a charity for Haiti, things like yeah. that. Lots of other allegations that are just like out there. Yeah, he's just a fucking grifter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brian Houston even put out a statement after that interview because a lot of people in his own church called him out for giving, um, uh, giving him a platform. This guy platform, yeah. yeah. And he's like, his big statement was, like I, I'm sorry. I like women, and I think women should be in leadership. And I shouldn't have maybe given somebody who's so anti-women a platform. Or, or if you were going to bring him on, hold him, like take him to task. Yeah, exactly. Call him out on that. Yeah, shit. and yeah, it felt like I was watching some of it today. It's a long interview, but I was watching. I've seen it before, but I was watching it again today, and it's it's very much like he does call him out a little bit, but he's also like. He more focuses on that he's a polarizing person, right? And that like some people like what you do, some people don't like what you do. Mm-hmm. It's like no, you're, you just call him out for being a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what he is. Don't yeah, and it it's just it's just gross. So yeah, any other thoughts on on Mark Marky Mark? No, the less I think about this jackass, the better. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a real jackass. He always he always had this thing called state of the pul- uh, state of the pulpit. Something like that, where he would, part of his ministry, his YouTube thing was calling out other pastors for stupid things they've done. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So, any criticism you have of him, never, never feel bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Especially if they were liberal or, like, liked gay people, he did not yeah. like them. So, oh, my God. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. Uh, and if you're in Phoenix, Arizona, and you see this guy, uh, tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah, or just fart on his face. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah. 
Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Um, I don't know if you could get arrested for doing any of that. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're fine. Uh, Christian Rock Cleric? Yeah, let's hear it. Can't you see you're not making Christianity better? You're just making rock and roll worse. Returning champion. I think this is our second time. Reliant K. Do you know Reliant K? Yeah, I know of. Yeah, they kind of went mainstream, but... Isn't that, wasn't that a car, a Reliant Yeah, K? Reliant K. We had one as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Last time we talked about Reliant K, people were kind of angry um, that we made fun of Reliant K for really? a, an early song that they did. Mm. Uh, it's like, yeah, well, they wrote that song in high school and just kind of threw it on there as like a fun, a fun thing, and they didn't actually like buy what they were saying. They just thought it was a funny thing that they wrote in high school. Um, okay, well, maybe... If if you're following along the band very closely and you know all this stuff, but at the same time, they still wrote it. Yeah, they recorded it, they released it, made a music, they put video. it out, <laughs> made a music video for it. Yeah. So whether or not it's a fun thing or not, it, it's in line with like some of the things they have, and that's what their ideas are. I I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still out there. I mean, there are plenty of bands who do like tongue in cheek and weird stuff, but if people get mad at them for it, I'm gonna be like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Exactly. I get why. Yeah, and this one was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek too, but then they also let their name go on a book based on this song that was basically telling women how to act in relationships, in Christian relationships. Okay. Um, like teen girls it was like aimed at. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know if this is this tongue It seems like they're being like, oh, we're being so tongue-in-cheek as a way of getting away with saying this stuff. Yeah. So here it is. The song's called Mood Rings. We all know the girls that I'm talking about. Well, they are time bombs, and they are ticking. And the only question is when they'll blow up. And they'll blow up. We know that without a doubt. Because they're those girls. Yeah, you know those girls. That let their emotions get the best of them go. And I've contrived some sort of plan to help my fellow man. Let's get emotional girls to all wear mood rings. So we'll be tipped off to when they're ticked off. Because we'll know just what they're thinking. Just what they're thinking. Hmm. Hmm. All right. And yeah, it just goes on to have just a bunch of sexist stereotypes about yeah. women. Oh, and I, how, I, how yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's not a good song. Nope. No. Tongue in cheek or not, it's not a good song. Nope. Quit being so butthurt over it. Yeah. Get over it. Your yeah. band sucks. Over it. Yeah. And anyone who complained about us talking about it, too bad. Yep. Your band sucks. Yeah. It's funny because they came out when I was really into Christian punk, mm-hmm. uh, like MXPX, The Huntingtons, etc. who I, I stand by and I love those bands. And then Reliant K came out and they marketed themselves as a Christian punk band. And I was like, cool, I'm going to check them out. And then I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is bad. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if I could, I've ever heard any of their music. So, like, musically, no idea. Yeah. I'm going based purely on these lyrics. Nah. Yeah. Don't care. Don't care. Get them out of my life. Get out of here. All right, folks, um, I guess I want to leave you with this, is that uh, uh, don't don't listen to people who are awful people. <laughs> hey, Trev, Trev, they might stop listening. Oh, shit. Don't be homophobic. Don't be sexist. <laughs> don't be an asshole. No, just, and just let people do their thing. Yeah. 
Don't be a bully is a big thing too. I don't know if uh, if you could just not be a bully. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. bye. We'll see you soon. Work, work, work. Sky Moon. <laughs> From like the leadership side, because he was also leading. Oh, this cat scared the shit out of me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>